I'm not sure I will read a better novel this year than Anthony Doerr's All the Light We Cannot See. Enthrallingly told, beautifully written and so emotionally plangent that some passages bring tears. It is completely unsentimental, no mean trick when you consider that Doerr's two protagonists are children who have been engulfed in the horror of World War II, not martyred ensembles like Anne Frank or the British evacuees on the trophied city of Bernal's. Just ordinary children. Two of 2000s swallowed up in conflict they had nothing to do with. One is Mary Law LeBlanc, the blind daughter of the widowed master locksmith at the Museum of Natural History in Paris. Shy but courageous and resourceful, Mary Law has learned to navigate the streets of her quartier with the help of a wooden scale model made by her father. He also sharpens her mind by hiding birthday gifts in intricate puzzle boxes that he carves. She's fascinated by the marine specimens she's allowed to handle in the museum, such as the blind snail that lives its whole life on the surface of the sea, floating on a raft made of foam without which it will sink and die. And she's entranced by the imagined world she explores in her real edition of Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. But she's filled with uneasiness by another of the museum's treasures, a priceless blue diamond called the Sea of Flames, which allegedly endows its keeper with the gift of eternal life and curses all he loves with unending misfortunes. I want to believe that Papa hasn't been anywhere near it, says Mary Lore. When the Nazis invade France in 1940, she and her father flee to the coastal town of St. Malo to take refuge with her great-uncle Etienne. Eric Clouse, still suffering from shell shock from the Great War. Unbeknownst to Mary Law, her father has been entrusted with the Sea of Flame, or one of the three exact copies, all of which must be hidden to keep them out of Germans' hands. He conceals it in a model he makes of Etienne's house and street in St. Malo, but shortly thereafter he is arrested by the Germans and disappears, leaving Mary Lord alone with her great-uncle Etienne and his housekeeper. Soon a Nazi treasure hunter sets out on the trail of the Sea of Flames. Meanwhile in Germany, Werner Fenning, an orphan with a purple natural understanding of circuity comes of phage and coal mining town of Zolverin. When he and his sister Jutta find a broken shot radio wave behind the children's home where they live, Werner repairs it. Turning the dial, they hear a mysterious Frenchman talking about science. What do we call visible light? The Frenchman asks. We call it color. But really, children, mathematically, all of light is invisible. Werner is as entranced by this lesson of as Mary Lore is by writings of Jules Verne. His passion for science and his gift for radio mechanics earn him a place at the nightmarish training school for Nazi military elite where he's told, you will all surge in the same direction at the same place with the same cause. You will eat country and breathe nation, Werner obeys, and when he graduates, his discipline and scientific aptitude carry him into the worst notch where he proves adept at finding the senders of illegal radio transmissions. But he's increasingly sickened by what happens when he drags a radio signal to its source. Inside the closet is not a radio, but a child sitting on her bottom with a bullet through her head. And he is haunted by his memories of the Frenchman's broadcast, which remind him of a time when science seemed an instrument of wonder, not of death. His path 
and Mary Lors converged in 1944 when the Allied forces have landed on the beaches of Normandy when Werner's unit is dispatched to St. Malo to trace and destroy the sender of mysterious intelligence broadcasts. Doe achieves the convergence and all the other wonders of this book by creating a structure as intricate as any model made by Mary Lors' father. Cutting back and forth in time, he creates nearly unbearable suspense. Every piece of the story reveals information that charges the emerging narrative with significance, until at last the puzzle plot of the plot aside open to reveal the treasure hidden inside. A lesser novelist would be content with the achievement, but Dor twists the puzzle box one more and brings his novel into the present. One of his contemporary characters imagines the electromagnetic waves cursing into and out of computers and cell phones carrying with them the flood of quotidian communications that make up our lives. Is it so hard to believe that souls might also travel these paths? She asks, lamenting that every year someone for whom the war was memory falls out of the world. In this book, because of this book, the people do not disappear, but only become a part of light that we cannot see.